This is iFanboy Special Edition Justice League War World. It's a bit early in the midnight hour for me To go through all the things that I want to be I don't believe in everything I see You know I'm blind so why do you disagree? My fanboy special edition Justice League War World. The Animation Brain Trust has convened. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Paul Montgomery. Hello. And Ryan Haupt. Hiya. And we're here talking about Justice League War World, the latest DC Universe animated original film. They aren't even called that anymore, but we still do it. Paul, give us the stats. This is film 93. <laughs> uh, not really. Um, what do we say? It's like they're in 35. the 50s, 50s or 60s. It's not 35. They've done more than that. They've done a bunch of these. Yeah. But this is the latest in that line that started. The man with the Tomorrowverse. Tomorrowverse, yeah. Tomorrowverse, yes. But is it? But is it, yeah. Spoilers if you haven't seen the film, but you know, you've come this far. A minute into the show. Might as well stick with us. <laughs> <laughs> this film was directed by Jeff Wamister, written by Jeremy Adams. Ernie Altback or Josie Campbell, two of those names have recently written a lot of DC comics. And it stars most of the voices from the Tomorrowverse world. Jensen Ackles as Batman and Darren Criss as Superman and... Stonicatic. Stonicatic as Wonder Woman. Let's dive in. We might as well just dive in because there's a lot to talk about. Feature length. Feature length. This is a 91-minute film. I noticed that right off the bat. Interesting viewing experience. I mm. really enjoyed it. I don't know if it works as a film. Yeah. But I liked it. I especially liked half of it a lot. Okay. And the other parts were okay. The least interesting part to me was the the four, so this film breaks up into four parts. It's very it's an episodic film. The least interesting part to me was the fourth part, which was the part that they heavily featured in the trailer. So when the movie started, I was not prepared for what it was because mm-hmm. it opens up in a western setting. Pale Rider, Magnificent Seven-esque scenario where a gang has taken over town. And it felt like it went on for 25 minutes. I don't know how long it went on because, as I said before, my DVD player doesn't tell me how long it, things are when I pause. I checked the time. It was at least 20 minutes. I think it was about 21, 22 minutes. At some point, I was like, is this the movie? Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I loved it. That was my absolute favorite part of the movie, that opening, the opening part. What did you guys think overall? Like, it was a very different, and I, I appreciate when they try something new and different, and this was definitely a, a, an experiment. In it's world. a weird one. I, I've, I have very complicated feelings about this, but I will say, just off the bat, it's very audacious. Yep. It's maybe one of the more ambitious of these mm-hmm. things, and also, we've seen all of them, and even though we've seen all of them, and there is an extent to which, yes, they kind of run together a bit sometimes, and like we will forget things. Sure, at, you know, you, if you've been listening to us doing this for over ten years now, we will forget something. But even having watched all of the, you know, Tomorrowverse stuff, yeah, going into this, like you're like, what, what, where are we? What happens? And I did remember that in the last one of these, Superman and Batman got right. taken right into a portal, and the the post credits, right? That was the Legion film. I was like, okay, I see what we're doing here. And also, you're going to notice that this movie does not hold your hand at all. No. I was impressed by that part of it. Yeah. Right? Like, this was very different. We've watched 100 of these movies. 
And this was unlike any of the other ones. And does it work necessarily? Not necessarily 100%. But about halfway through, I was like, you know what? This is pretty impressive for what they're trying to do. And when it finished, did did it hold up as a film? Probably not. But I found myself happy they tried something different. I found myself impressed by the choices they made. I really enjoyed the Western sequence. I really enjoyed the 1950s Twilight Zone sequence. I enjoyed enough the fantasy Skartaris. Shambhala. One. And in the end was the end. It was just, you know, the standard superheroes all get together and fight Mongol. But, you know, halfway through, I was like, wow, what are they doing here? This is crazy. And then by the end, I was like, okay, that was interesting. Now, Ryan, before you weigh in, just real quick, Connor, since you mentioned, like, does this work as a film? The thing that I think the the last point of this that I was not expecting Mm -hmm. was that this ends on a cliffhanger. Well, yeah. So that made it even more complex. Like I thought, oh, this is going to resolve and we're, we're going to remember who we are and we're going to go back to <laughs> the tomorrow verse and right. status quo or whatever and form the justice league. Right. This is called justice league world, but it's really Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, a little bit of John Jones, but there are more steps and we don't know what the next steps are. Or well, we know what the next step we, is. Is it crisis? Yes. Okay. I think I didn't know that. Go. I mean, I knew that, in the back of my mind, I knew that we were getting a Crisis movie. I didn't necessarily know that. Crisis and Watchmen were the only ones announced at Comic-Con. So that's the only thing we know coming up. Apparently, there won't be an October release. There's always an October release. So I guess, I probably... guess I assumed that that would be its own thing and not You assume the Crisis the would be its own thing, not part right. of the Tomorrowverse? Yeah, I, I right. could see. That's not an unreasonable assumption. Sure, for sure. But I mean, now that this ends the way that it does, yes. it seems to be like holding a baton up and crisis is the thing that would i guess grab that baton and keep going this feels almost like the most marvely of the movies mm. in that it doesn't resolve satisfyingly as a standalone story although it kind of also does but it very clearly is is a film that takes place between our two other films yeah and when marvel is the least successful it's when the films feel like that as opposed to the, its own story but let's talk about well ryan actually you haven't gone yet ryan what did you think overall I didn't love this. It didn't quite work for me. No one of the three sequences. I, I agree there were parts of them that I did like, but yeah, I thought the Western one was a little overlong and I couldn't figure out like, wait, whose side is Diana on? What is she trying to accomplish here? That's the point. She's the Clint Eastwood character. She's the uh, man with no name. You don't know whose side she's on until right. she makes the choice. The Batman one, I think, you know, I enjoyed that mostly just because I've been reading Danger Street. Well, the other the other thing that this had going against it is I just read last week's pick of the week, the Enfield Massacre book. Yep. And I was like, oh, that's good Western. And this just wasn't as good as that. <laughs> so sorry, bad timing on that front. And then the Warlord one, I think the only reason I really was able to enjoy much of that at all is because I've been reading Danger Street, yep. the book that includes that character. So I had a little bit more context. I think I would have recognized him as a DC deep cut, but haven't spent as much time with them in the comics lately as I have recently. And then, yeah, the Twilight Zone one was cool and fun, but by then it was like clearly building to the fourth act where I agree I got pretty standard superhero stuff and Lobo shows up and I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm really concerned. It feels like they're really pushing Lobo in all <laughs> forms and all avenues. And I can't stand for that. Yeah. Can't stand for it. I think there's overlap. So I, I, I don't want to say he's the new cyborg because they were really pushing Cyborg for a while, and then now it's yeah. Lobo, but I think there's overlap, too. Like, I Are think they building in- like something? Is James Gunn going to do a Lobo thing? Or There's been a lot of rumors about him and, and about Jason Momoa playing Lobo. Right. And- that was a, yeah, I remember. Wait, he can be Aquaman and Lobo? Well, he won't be Aquaman anymore. Mm, he won't but, be Aquaman anymore. He's- but he, Lobo was on the Krypton show. Lobo's been in the comics a lot. Like, Lobo's showing a lot up of these animated movies way more than Lobo. he should ever be allowed to show up anywhere. <laughs> so the whole premise of this film is that 
as we said, Superman and Batman were taken from the last movie. We don't see that here, though. We start with this western town, and it's a one-Roman story. So each character gets their own story that builds on the previous one where characters show up, and it all turns out to be a, a thing that John Jones is doing to their heads. But I love the fucking western story. I, th- I That could have been the whole movie for me. I mean, I'm a big Clint Eastwood fan. This is very much in that vein of The Man with No Name or Pale Rider, which is kind of also The Man with No Name. Mm. where there's a town taken over by a gang and the mysterious stranger shows up and saves the day. But I liked how they tried to make you kind of feel like it was morally ambiguous. Jonah Hex was the bad guy. And he's straight up a bad guy. There's no, this is not anti-hero Jonah Hex at all. That was a curve for me. I was, I was like, wait, Jonah Hex is bad? Why are we? Uh, oh, uh, they're okay. like, oh, well, the townspeople are bad. They stole money from the banks. And I was like, you're going to try to get me on the side of the banks? <laughs> exactly. I knew right away that wasn't going to fly. So anyway, I thought it was terrific. I thought it was unexpectedly bloody. I thought the action was good. I thought Wonder Woman fit right in into this scenario. She was fun as a Western character. Batlash was fun. I could have kept going as far as I was concerned. It was pretty good. I think if I went back and watched it again, I might enjoy it more because I was like, wait, why did Diana just let those people die? This <laughs> is not Diana. Right. Day. Well, I didn't know that at right. that point. I thought it was like, I thought she was in on it at right. least in the beginning. Like she knew who she was. Like I didn't know she was an amnesiac. I just thought she was in an, a strange new world. Right. But she also didn't know who she was. So there's that wrinkle plus the wrinkle of Jonah Hex being just outright bad. And right. so- uh, He did yeah. fight for the Confederacy Bowl. He, he did. That's just a true fact about history. It is a, it is a, it is a true fact. <laughs> then we cut to the Scartaris, which is the hollow earth land from the 80s DC comics. Mm-hmm. The land of warlords. Well, that's also real, right? Earth yeah, is yeah. yeah, okay, good. There's lizards down there. They run the government. Warlord is the character there, and he and Batman have to team up against someone named Demos. I mean, I thought it was fun. I don't love this as a genre as much as I love Westerns. Or You're I not love, a big like, sword and sandals guy. I like it. I like Conan the Barbarian. I like those movies. But like, as a, I like sword and sandal stuff. If you rank the three genres, the UFO, horror, Western, and sword and sandal, it'll be the third. But I still enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the story. I liked Batman. You know, he wasn't Batman. He was this Batman character. And Wonder Woman shows up. It's and a treacherous Batman. Good. He betrayed the Warlord. Yeah. Left him for the Minotaur. Warlord was kind of a dick, though. Yeah. He tried to kill him. I don't think I like Jensen Ackles as Batman. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of love for Jensen Ackles. And I think he can he can do his thing. But he doesn't feel like Batman to me. He feels like a green arrow to me. I think it's possible that he's so much better than the previous Batman that he's graded on a curve. Because the previous Batman, who we had for like almost a decade. Yeah, that guy wasn't great. An actor who I really like was terrible, Jason O'Mara. And so for me, it's like anything that's not Jason O'Mara at this point. And this has only been seven of these movies. Seven of these Tomorrowverse movies. It started in 2021. I'm surprised that there has been as many as seven. I didn't realize that. I would figure this was like four or five. <laughs> yeah, this is the seventh one. Because they did the Long Halloween as a two-parter. Yeah. Man of Tomorrow, Justice Society, two Long Halloweens, and Green Lantern, Boo Are My Power, Legion of Oh, Superheroes yeah, there was Ackles one. in that, wasn't it? Okay. I think he sounds like a meathead as Batman. When he's putting on the voice, I don't buy it. He sounds like a little kid. Did you guys like the story? Ryan, did you like it more than you liked the Western one? No, I, I got a little tired. It was like sort of Monster of the Weeky. It was just like, oh, here's another big monster that like they can yeah. just gut. That was probably my biggest complaint with it was it just felt like they just fought a series of monsters and then it was over. Yeah. Like, I thought the opening had an interesting dynamics at play and then the first, second story was more like just beat on monsters the third one i thought was terrific the uh, black and white twilight zone-esque 1950s communist red scare inspired ufo horror story the king faraday snapper car king faraday and clark kent who are agents of the government show up at this diner and there's been the ufo sighting and one of the people in the diner including lana lang and pete 
Also, Pete Lang, I guess, took her last name. Snapper Car, progressive in the 50s. And then some other people, one of them is supposed to be the alien, it turns out the LR, and white Martians. I thought it was terrific. I love those black and white. By this point, I was like, you know what? They're doing a lot of interesting things here, and I was really enjoying it. There's some unusual conceits to how they experience these, because it's like it's the Matrix thing where people are asleep and they're being fed these dreams right. by Martian Manhunter, who's being tortured into doing so. And like, Batman, I believe, addresses the fact that they didn't see color. Yes, the, when they the were in the black story. and white reality, yeah, we'll, which is we'll, kind of a it's kind of a funny idea. Little Pleasantville yeah. style. Also, when like they show the clone of Jonah Hex, mm-hmm. who has the messed up face, like why would a clone of Jonah Hex have? <laughs> right, it's not embedded in his DNA that his face yeah, is it's messed not up. Part, he wasn't born that way. He was disfigured in his life. Well, they got to make him a match, right? It's sort of like there there are crazy over-the-top conceits, but then it's also kind of like deadly serious. Mm-hmm. That was maybe the issue for me. It was as ambitious as it was and as cool as some of the ideas were, it it, it felt kind of dry and just like, yeah, deadly serious to mm-hmm. me. I don't think I like Clark as a G-man. Well, this is for the one story. Bud Collier. I thought Mongol was cool. I mean, like, I thought it was all cool. I just, by the time it got to the end and it was Lobo and Mongol and... It was a weird design for Mongol. It yes, it was. didn't read super Mongoly to me. Oh really? Not thick was... enough. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't look like he would be a physical match for Superman. When I first saw him, I was like, "Wait, is that Mongol or is that like? Is there, are they introducing like a gold Martian?" I think they were trying to make him somewhat cerebral as well, so he was more yeah. of like an overall like threat. I want Mongol to be smart, but I don't need him. I want him to still be. Let Mongol be Mongol. Yeah. And so you know they get back together and they free John Jones and they save the day and they defeat Mongol and no one kills Lobo, which is a disappointment. And then during the entire film, and I, I couldn't tell, maybe this is because I missed something while I was looking up something on my phone. Though visions that appeared throughout the film, was that related to Mongol or was that related to Crisis? That felt larger than Mongol. I, I would tell. think that's Crisis or whatever they're building to. I couldn't tell. I mean, it could have been Mongol, but I just, I don't know. Mongol does have a history of putting Superman into a fantasy realm. That's true. So the film ends with Harbinger appearing. Harbinger looking nothing like Harbinger in the comics, looking a lot like Wave Rider from the Armageddon 2001 event, and tells him a crisis is coming. And that's where we leave it. There was no post-credit sequence. It was strange. I didn't dislike it, but I didn't love it. I did love parts of it, though. And I guess when you're episodic, that's just going to be the nature of the beast. I think I'm finding that I disliked it. You overall disliked it. I think I disliked it, yeah. Okay. I liked the idea of it, but in execution, I just wasn't wild about it. Paul over to my side. By the time I got to the end of the third story, I was like, wow, this is interesting. This is kind of a fun little anthology they're doing. And then it got very standard after that. But there's not a ton to talk about. I think my favorite part about the sequence on Warworld is Batman not knowing how smart he is and then being like, you know, like Diana says something I, I could have taken that guy out for. He's like, yeah, but I want to see what this boomerang did. <laughs> He's just like <laughs> testing out his own gadgets because he doesn't remember. That was fun. Or he I doesn't know that. how to use how I know how to use this machine, but I do. So it was just yeah, like it's like Jason Bourne Batman. I like the designs. I thought the We've Wonder always Woman's... liked the way the Tomorrowverse looks. Oh, I liked the animation quite a bit. I liked the different Diana designs. I liked her Western outfit. I liked her Scartaris outfit. I almost didn't recognize her on Scartaris. I thought I was like, I, I didn't either. I thought, is that Big Barda? Big Barda? Like, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I thought that too. But then I saw that earrings and I saw the headband. And I was like, okay, that's one Woman. I liked that Batlash became kind of a Steve Trevor character for her. Like, I thought there were fun things in it, but it felt very much like just a prelude to a bigger story, which is Crisis. 
Mm-hmm. And who knows what that's going to mean. And I was going to say, are you, you, is it a story you're even excited for? Oh, I love Crisis is my favorite stories of all time. I'm super excited for it. But when they did Flashpoint, we all joked, oh, they're probably going to do this and change the movies, which is what they did. The real question will be from a larger sort of meta sense is, will the Crisis film be a way to change the movies again, even though they've only done seven of these Tomorrowverse films? It'll be interesting to see. All right. So poking around the glowing people, the woman is Harbinger. Yes, Harbinger. Right. That's directly going into crisis. Then. Yep. Harbinger, who shows up to foretold the coming of Antimonitor, although they, her design looks like Wave Rider, who is not Harbinger. But what do I know? I just read these books. <laughs> you haven't come to power yet. When you do. It's going to be a bloody coup. So rank these segments. So we have the Western, okay. the Scartaris, the 50s, and then the present day. Rank them. Rank them. Ratings. I think I go uh, 50s Twilight Zone, uh, Western, Scartaris, Warworld. I would go Scartaris, just because I, I, I like that milieu. I like yep. the Hyborian Age kind of situation. Sure. Sword and Sandals. Then I would go Western. Then I would go uh, the Warworld bit with Mongol. Oh, wow. I don't like the black and white G-Men stuff that's... Not my, I don't like like gray men kind of sci-fi. It's not my bag. At that point, I was sort of fatigued. I was like, okay, let's get everybody united. And so I think that its place in the movie also hurt it for me. Mm. Mine is Western, Twilight Zone, Skartaris, and then Warworld. So I think if you do the ranked choice voting, the Western segment wins. Yeah, that sounds right. And also we had three different ones, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Also interesting is, and they talked about this, I watched a bit of it. They had two little documentaries on it. Both of them are basically behind the scenes of, of this film. And, you know, they did a War World two-part Justice League cartoon, which is much more of your traditional yes. Mongol gladiator battles on War World story. Mm-hmm. This is a very different one. I, I think yeah, that's I remember. That was conscious. fun. Yeah. I interesting. don't remember that one. Why don't I remember that one, Paul? I don't you had a baby. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I watched the cartoon before I had a child, but. Yeah, but it takes holes and puts them in your brain. Uh, I have to applaud them for trying something totally different. They could have just redone that story. You know, I think this is also throwing us off because they just did a War World story in Superman comics. That's nothing like this. They could have done that one. It was Sandalsy. Not like this. So I give them okay, credit okay, for. Okay. I give them credit for trying something totally different. I don't know that it worked. I can't hold this against this because this is just an expectations thing, and this is me misreading the announcement. But when this sure. was first introduced, I thought this was going to be more of a direct adaptation of what they've been doing in the Superman comics, the in Phil comics, Kennedy, yeah. yeah, the Phil Kennedy Johnson storyline. Cause I thought with Mongol and, and war world and like Superman is sort of, it's sort of like planet Superman, like their answer to planet Hulk right. in a way. And like, so I, I thought it was going to be that. And so this is, I don't know this as, as an original story, I, I was, I was underwhelmed. I don't know. It's curveball, but I do, I do give them points because it, it, it feels like they like, got away with something like like i like they, they snuck this through because it's very so they announced crisis and watchmen at comic-con both for 2024 release okay two years ago they announced a milestone media film i don't think that's ever happening oh man so i guess this is it for us for the year milestone is like lucy with the football milestone is like that's like the static shock universe yeah yeah it's it's like not not milestone themselves but like dc and how they tout that they're going to do stuff with milestone like and it just doesn't it's also hard because it's, it's a you know there could be a rights issue because they're not owned outright by DC. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at the previous years. So this year we've had three films. Last year we had three films, although they were spread out: February, July, October. The year before that, 2021, we had four films: 
because that was a two-parter. So we had the April, June, July, October. If you said it, I missed it. Did they say specifically that Watchmen and Crisis are both one film? Like, or are they? They haven't. Could said. they be two-parters? Okay. <laughs> the way you phrase that question, yeah, it's not like, I, are they merging the two stories? Like, <laughs> no, I, I no, doubt no, no. it. No. I think that'd be that. We want to talk about big swings? <laughs> that would be a big swing. I, if I had to guess, maybe Crisis is two parts. I mean, Dark Knight Returns was two parts. Long Halloween was two parts. It's a big story, which they're not going to do. Obviously, they're not going to do a comic faithful, which is kind of a bummer. I would, all, I would almost prefer it be a standalone, you know, just comic faithful adaptation. But which one? Crisis. But I get it. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do that. No one wants to make me happy. It's fine. <laughs> could you see now this that wouldn't make sense i was gonna say could you see them doing all of the crises sure. like over time but then would you have to do films in between them <laughs> like, yeah you have to yeah. you couldn't just do like a trilogy of no there's too much difference like yeah. too much water under the bridge between the films the Zack snyder watchman movie is 163 minutes that's long that's long and i don't know how you do watchmen much shorter than that without cutting a lot of stuff out they could both be two parts you're getting four films next year. Do you know? they? <laughs> if they don't commit to doing the, the animated pirate. That's what I was going to say. Do they just bring in what they've they already animated? Because they already did that. Or should the pirate parts be live action? Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. See, this is why they got to put you in charge, Connor. I know. See, I got all kinds of good ideas. You know, I don't put this in the category of the really bad ones that are boring. No. You know, I don't put this in the category of Catwoman Hunted or... That Suicide Squad one that Ryan loved for some reason. <laughs> I appreciate they took a swing, and the swing maybe didn't connect. The middling ones, I think, have been like the Batman and Son right. stuff. Like I don't think of this as in that level. I think of this as like a noble experiment that didn't necessarily Well, go. you enjoyed it. You can say you enjoyed it. I enjoyed half of it. You're comparing this to Prohibition? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. I don't put this at the bottom of the list where I put those really sort of boring, bad, middling ones or terrible stuff. But, you know, it wasn't a huge success for me. But it sounds like you liked it the most out of... I liked it the most, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I liked three of the four stories to varying degrees. And the fourth story was fine. It was just whatever. What um, accent was Donna Caddick doing? That was a great question, Paul, and I had the same thought. She's doing uh, Amazonian accent. It, it can be whatever accent she wants it to be. It's, it, it seemed like she was trying to cover the distance between Gal Gadot's yeah. Greek accent and her Israeli accent. Like, I, I think you're she right, was Paul. Trying to, trying to do an impression of her inconsistent Wonder Woman. Let's call it pan-Mediterranean. How about that? <laughs> But then there was also like some Russian in there. <laughs> it was it was something. Let's not give the Russians any ideas about. Right. It's kind of a bummer to end this way. It was a bummer that there's, there's not going to be another film. It is what it is. I guess we wait indeterminate amount of time for the next one. I mean, there's some animated feature films coming out that we could theoretically. Oh, no, I'm just saying usually like. We know what's coming down the pike. We know it's coming. We only have this announcement for Crisis and Watchmen. Also, it's officially called Justice League colon Crisis and Infinite Earths. If nothing else, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Coming to 4K UHD. Do we need to re- revisit that review? No, I don't think so. We did review it when it came out on Blu-ray. We did. Yeah. It's not very good. It's not? What? No, it's not very good. What, the movie in general? Yeah. This feels new. No. Yeah, I thought I thought we all liked it. Go back and listen to the review. It's not a very good movie. And I don't understand why people think it's the best Batman movie ever made. It's like a middling episode of Batman the Animated Series. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We reviewed it in 2017. I like the scene where Bruce goes into the 
cemetery or whatever. Yep, that's and exactly what I was going to say, Paul. Yelling at his parents and saying, I didn't expect to be happy. I didn't know I'd be happy. Do I still have to do this? That's character development. You just don't get in Batman anything. Yeah. I heard an interview with Ben Affleck and he was talking about the Flash movie and he was saying how like in the Flash movie, he finally really figured out how to play Bruce Wayne, even though it's his last outing. I remember seeing that quote. Yeah. And I watched the Flash movie and I have no <laughs> idea what he's talking about. <laughs> Listen. Well, I guess for him, it's like he internalized it. I have not seen that movie, so I don't know. But yeah. At least Ben Affleck's Batman is a very gadgety, like it's, you know, there's constantly, He's fine. He's there's fine constantly buttons getting pushed and things happening. Batman's fine in the movie. Which one? Which Batman? Which Batman? <laughs> well, that's a good question. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. All right. Well, let's talk about ratings on Justice League World World. It's a very, look, it's a very strange review because it's a very strange film. I remember, you know, because again, from the trailer, the trailer just leans so heavy on the last 20 minutes. I'm actually looking at it now that when I looked at the box of the movie, I was like, why is Clark black and white on that fedora? I walked into a ambush is what I'm saying. <laughs> and I kind of liked it. I think we've been trained knowingly or not by, I feel like this is true for Marvel movies, especially that the trailer, if you go back and like compare the trailer to the final film, I feel like most Marvel movies don't use anything past like the one third mark of the movie right. in the trailer because they're so scared about spoilers. So I think, Connor, we might just be a little bit broken in terms of when you saw a trailer that was showing you the final act of the movie. You just your brain didn't know what to do with that information when you were actually watching it. It's just that they kept the surprise, right? Like I'm watching it. They're showing little bits here and there from the first two, but it, it looks like it's more of like this crazy Justice League movie that the Warlord shows up in. There's a flash of... Western Wonder Woman, there's a flash of Jonah Hex, but you don't get a sense that it's not mostly them in their regular outfits being their regular selves. You don't get that sense at all from the trailer. So that's why it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa what's going on? Because it just wasn't what they were. They know what butters their broccoli. Sure, absolutely. I'm, it's a good way to do it. I'm saying it's good. Yeah. Paul, you've gone too deep in diet culture if you're talking about buttering broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So ratings out of five stars, I'm giving this a three stars. Ryan? Two feels too low, 2.25. Two. Oh, Paul with the lowest. Ah, yeah. Wow. I mean, this wasn't offensively bad. Connor, you were right no. on that level, but yeah. Just in, in terms of my enjoyment and would I want to watch it again? Not really. I'd... I might watch segments again, but I wouldn't watch the whole movie again. That's for sure. I can't remember a time I've actually gone back and rewatched one of these movies, <laughs> even if I said I would. Yeah, I always say I'm going to on the ones that I really like. and then I've I... watched the uh, Jason Todd one again. Under the Red Hood. Under the Red That's a good one. That movie came out 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. I've watched that. I've watched New Frontier several times. I would watch that every 13 years, baby. <laughs> if I had to pick a couple to rewatch, just off the top of my head right now, apropos of nothing, I would rewatch, for whatever reason, I remember really liking the Crisis on Two Earths movie. Yes, oh, yeah, that's did. a terrific one. But you're a big James Wood fan. Yeah, I stand behind the man's I entire... I saw James Wood the other day on the street. Yeah? That's a great one. I sent that one to Josh because he and his kid have been watching the original Justice League cartoon. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. That one does tie in. That's, that's yeah, in, it ties into the in original continuity. show. So I, I sent that and then I would rewatch the Gods and Monsters one. That's good. With Vampire, Batman, and Latino Superman. You know how sometimes, like in a film, they'll show somebody like getting all pumped up in their workout, like they have their enemy attached to like a dartboard in front of their workout machine? Yeah. Or like on the treadmill? I would put on a loop the opening of Killing Joke where Batman sleeps with Barbara Gordon, and I would just put that on a loop for whenever I need to get angry and worked up. That's gonna be my new I think that routine. might send mixed messages if 
people walked by your gym and saw you watching that on a loop. I just love the idea of like that's my secret cap. I'm always thinking about. <laughs> I'm always thinking about whoever the fuck it is at Warner Brothers thinks this is a good idea. I think the third one that I rewatched that I haven't revisited would okay. be the uh, New Frontier. Yes, that's a good surfer one. It's sort of funny if you would go back and trace the Barbara Gordon and Batman thing over the course of the animated stuff, like how it started as a, a subtle thing that you could read into it. Uh-huh. I think and it started with like, she clearly has Batman a crush on him. Right. He shouldn't ever reciprocate that. Absolutely. Her having a crush would be understandable. Yeah. But I mean, the first, oh, oh, why are we talking? This might get my forehead starting to throb. <laughs> It was the Lego movie, wasn't it? The Fat Man Lego movie? That was the first time they, they made them like romantic no. partners? Explicitly? Yeah, she was explicitly his girlfriend in the movie. But I mean, Batman Beyond, they like hinted at it. It's true. Yeah, I never watched that, so I don't know. But I, all I know is the comics about Batman Beyond said that that's why Barbara and Dick broke up was because she slept with, with him. But I, and that's when right. I stopped reading the comics. That's when they made it explicit. But I think on the show, they sort of had like offhanded comments someone over there has they had a lot of comments on that on that show about i guess it was that episode of justice league that's set in the batman beyond universe where amanda waller refers to bruce as always leaving his dna around town Mm -hmm. it's like gradually over time it's like they're trying to drop it in and like finally they're like you know what i'm just gonna write a comic where we just out and do it (laughs) i was really enjoying that book norm brayfogel was drawing it Mm. but then i immediately just had to stop reading it makes me angry all right so that was (laughs) justice league war world <laughs> That's your review for Just the World. We, as we mentioned, uh, there's not another one of these films this year, but we'll be back in 2024 for Justice League: Crisis on Infinite Earths, and I guess Justice League: Watchmen. I mean, it's only August. Can we just like pick a historic animated movie that we've League never Watchmen. done and just just do? Can we? Oh, yeah, Paul. Let's. What if we do an animated brain trust episode on the unreleased or edited out of the final cut of Watchmen pirate story? We must have reviewed that somewhere already. <laughs> I don't think we have. Okay. We'll think about it. We'll get back to you. In the meantime, you can always listen to the weekly Pick of the Week show where Josh Flanagan and I and sometimes Ryan Hopps and occasionally Paul Montgomery talks about the week's new comics. We have our Talksplode and Booksplode monthly shows where we review a trade paperback or interview a creator. And we have our Mediasplode monthly show where we talk about non-comics media. All kinds of shows happening over at fanboy.com. You can find... Also over to fanboy.com, all of the animated brain trust reviews of all of the DC Universe animated original films. They're all there. And we did that Punisher Black Widow movie that one time. Too. And we did the one Marvel one after everybody complained that it was terrible. <laughs> and we never did it again. <laughs> so it's not our fault. Talk to Marvel I think I did that. a text review of Thor versus Hulk. Didn't we review it? No, I think Paul's right. I think I, think I did a written review. review of or whatever that was. The one that they where they did Planet. Oh, it was Planet Hulk. Hulk versus Yes, Hulk versus. That's, and yeah, you did do a text review. And we also it's did, we reviewed, the, oh, we reviewed Invincible season one. Maybe we'll do season two when it comes out. Yeah. There you go. You do that. I like do it. That. We'll see. We'll see. No promises. But in the meantime, we'll be back. Uh, my name is Connor. I'm Paul. I promise. I don't care that Connor said no promises. I'm promising. All around the world, you gotta spread the word.